Iowa everywhere. This is Iowa Everywhere. And now, it's time for Two Guys Named Chris. Powered by Fairway Meat and Grocery. This is Iowa Everywhere. For the fans. All right, baby, let's get after it on a Monday. I feel like this is the first time that both fan bases have been happy all year. I don't think there's any question about that is there I mean even even though I think Iowa and Iowa State probably won early on in the season the same day I mean the Iowa game was South Dakota State which was just horrible yeah so I, yeah I think so in Nevada I mean, hell, it's, it's Iowa like... State's first conference win it's been a while man yeah no, no doubt about that uh hoop starts tonight uh this afternoon if you're a women's basketball fan in the state a lot to get to here on Two Guys Named Chris. Shout out to Fairway. I got my Fairway Truckers hat in the mail. I saw you got one too. You put it up on Twitter. Yeah. You're going to be walking around. You need to walk into the Piggly Wiggly down there in Florida <laughs> and say, this is what a freaking meat department looks like, you idiots. I wore mine all the way to Birmingham. I wore mine on the on the plane. Man, you had a hell of a game man. this Jesus. week. Jesus. Double overtime. I was exhausted at the end of that game. Yeah, I caught up on it last night, and uh, our Roadrunners, well, my Roadrunners, you can't say that, they uh, pulled one out. I love that team. I love watching that team play. That's what they do, man. They've got one of the longest winning streaks in the country now. They've won six straight. I just saw it's like the tie for the fifth longest in the country. But they're, I think they're going to go unbeaten in conference play, and they'll end up ranked at the end of the year. I don't think they'll be in contention for a New Year's Six game because of a couple early losses, but yeah, they just win, baby. Uh, looking forward to next weekend already. Because my, my green wave from Tulane, they got a big one. UCF How about college game day week? not going there and going to what, Texas instead? Yeah, it's Texas TCU. I, I, I mean, I, mean, I think TCU's unbeaten. Great. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. but come on. That, that would have been a great scene, great story. New yeah, Orleans. New Orleans. Awesome yeah. place. I agree with you. I, I just got my um, Tulane sweatshirt in the mail. Be wearing it all week, baby. Go Green Wave. The um, Tulane logos and oh, gear, incredible. We just I bought a flag with that logo for our studio in Ankeny. We're just going to fly the Green Wave flag. Neutral. Iowa and Iowa State fans. You keep talking about this studio, yet every time I see you, you're in your you're in your house. Well, I'll probably be doing this show from here because I have to take my kids to school, and then it's just I don't have time okay. to get to Ankeny. But anyway. I got I got a solid 11 hours of sleep last night. <sighs> Screw you. Iowa. We'll start with Iowa because it was the more surprising outcome yeah. of the weekend. How about that? I don't think anybody's shocked that Iowa won. I mean, they were only a three-point underdog when that mm-hmm. thing kicked off. To win 24-3... to three, is the very shocking aspect of that football game. The second quarter was shocking. Yeah. I mean, when Iowa was just ripping off explosive play after explosive <laughs> play, that was shocking. And that's all they needed. They needed that, that little run where they were just hitting 40 and 50 yarders. The offense looked great in that quarter. And I think the most impressive thing is they held Purdue out of the end zone. Yeah. I went back and, and looked at their totals throughout the last couple of seasons and Purdue had scored 20 plus in I can't remember the exact number I want to say 14 15 straight games 
and Iowa held them to three points. Really incredible. I think, too, we we didn't learn a lesson. That, that's not the that's not the right way to put it, but it just shows you when you have a semblance of a running game how much more competent quarterbacks look. We saw that I mean, in Ames and with the Hawkeyes this week. Right. And, God, with Iowa, it's the offensive line. I mean, the improvement that they've made, how bad they were, and now being able to open up some holes in the running game to start drives opens everything up. And we have not seen that since the early part of last season. And I think this is the biggest win that Iowa's had, most important win, since they beat Penn State last season before they went on that dive. Because it's, it's a Purdue team that's owned you. It's a coach that's owned Kirk Ferentz. It's the Charlie Jones story. Yeah. Sure, he got his yardage-wise, but they held them out of the end zone. Yeah. That, that story, as far as I'm concerned, is, is pretty much dead now. Sure, Iowa would be better off had they kept Charlie Jones, had they had Charlie Jones this season, but I think we were all thinking, boy, he's going to torch Iowa. This was a game that many of us, me and I think you included, before the season, had that as a loss. Oh, absolutely. This was one of the sure things for me. And so this is a, this is like a two-game swing for the Hawkeyes. This this could totally turn the season around. That that's kind of where I automatically wanted to go here. I mean, by the time we get on the air, it's Monday morning. It's it's kind of already hit time to look ahead. A massive game for Iowa, Wisconsin coming to town. It's crazy what two three weeks does in college football. Wisconsin's firing their coach. Um, Iowa. With the not not one of the worst offense in college football that is the butt of jokes nationally. You don't even have to be on a college football medium. People are making fun of Iowa during NFL games, um, and now it's like this is a big game. Like there's actual Big Ten West implications because of that Illinois loss. It, it opened up a ton of you know Iowa still is going to need a lot of help to play for a Big Ten championship, but it's not out of the realm of possibility, Hassle. This is a huge game on Saturday. And as we found out last season, Iowa is technically crowned Big Ten West champions even if they tie with the winner and lose the tiebreaker. It's not like you have to win the tiebreaker to be able to say we're Big Ten West champions. They were given the trophy after they beat Nebraska last season before that game that got yeah, didn't them they into like, didn't they like put that on Twitter and we're all like wait a minute yeah <laughs> yeah because it seems like three four teams could tie and be be a be a division champion anyway Illinois has to lose twice they've got Purdue Michigan and Northwestern let's chalk Michigan up as a loss that's at Michigan so yeah. they 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 have to lose either this week home against that Purdue team that Iowa just destroyed or at Northwestern. Still far-fetched. Yeah. And Iowa would obviously still have to to win out. But they do have the they, they they do have the head-to-head now against Purdue, who they're tied with. They would have the head-to-head against Wisconsin and Minnesota, who they're tied with right now as well. Now it's a big if, but it's still a possibility and Chris, I didn't think this was a possibility even a week ago. I mean, I I just didn't see this season turning around the way it has. And I, I don't think many people did, but... do you, What do you think is the difference? Do you think Offensive that, line. 
it, that's it. It's just simple. You don't yes. think Brian Ferentz has all of a sudden gotten nice and creative, like just no. the offensive line. Now, I do, I do think that Brian Ferentz is is calling a better game. Yeah. I think when they implemented the the the, the pre snap motion and the potential jet sweeps, I think that totally changed things and gave defensive coordinators and defensive players more to think about. But I think the offensive line just opening up holes and the ability to run the football. Now teams now teams aren't, you know, they're more worried about the run and that opens things up for the passing game and Spencer Petrus. And Petrus we know that he, he can look competent yeah, if he's not it. pressured. You know, if, if he's not under siege, which he has been the majority of his career, he can deliver some nice footballs. He can he can lead some good drives. And that offensive line is, for the most part, protecting him. But I think the the bigger aspect here is that they're they're starting to run the football. I mean, when when you run the football, that opens everything up. And now Petrus can stand back there confidently and deliver the ball. You Iowa opened as a very slight underdog to Wisconsin. That game has now moved into pick'em category where you you sent this note on our um, pre-show prep that I thought was interesting. Iowa didn't change anything. Wisconsin made a huge change. It'll be interesting to see what gives. And I admittedly haven't watched a ton of Wisconsin the last few weeks. I look forward to studying them the next couple of days. But yeah, this is because you've got the two old guards in the Big Ten West and it's still Kirk Ferentz chugging along doing his thing. Mm -hmm. Wisconsin fires their guy, and there's some pep in their step. So, like, yeah, like I, I thought two weeks ago this game was going to be a total dud. Big Ten Network written all over it, boring. Uh, the numbers still like open at like 33 and a half. So, we're not looking forward to a total like shootout here <laughs> what? by any means. 33 and a half? I, yeah, that's pretty. I'm pretty sure. Van Winkle, could you look that up for me? The total Jeez. on the Iowa, I think it's 33 and a half. It's pretty okay. small. If, if you can get it at 33 and a half, I Play think you take the over. Yeah, I mean, you have like it's getting to the point. I was talking to Mike Palm about this from Circa with the Iowa narrative of how bad the offense was is the reason like they're trying to get the the random dude in Delaware sure who watches CBS Sports HQ and just hears about how bad the Iowa offense is to be like oh I'm going to pound that under so he can brag to his friends about it you forget mm -hmm. Iowa's defense is good for a touchdown every week or two um but what do you th what do you think how confident are you going into this one um I mean I wouldn't say I'm super confident cuz I think there's right, a looks big like variable. it's a 36 right there. Thanks, 36, Matt. okay. That's still, that's still extremely low. Yep. Um, the, Wisconsin is a big variable here. I, I don't know. I, I think there's more that we don't know about Wisconsin than Iowa at this point because, you know, they fire their head coach. Then they go out and they just rip Northwestern. Fine. Lose to Michigan State. Disappointing. But then they beat Purdue pretty convincingly a lot like Iowa did this past week and they just went out and they they beat a Maryland team that's pretty good I mean Maryland was three and two in conference they're already bowl eligible um it is it's it's just fascinating though because you got a you got an Iowa team that just stood pat no changes at all no changes at OC no changes with the starting quarterback not only they stood turned pat, it around they dug in 
<laughs> yeah, right. That's right? a good way to put it. Like Iowa were... dug in, and Wisconsin <laughs> just totally wiped the slate clean, started over midseason, made the change. They're 3-1 and one since then. Iowa's won two in a row and looked good in both of those games. So it's going to be interesting to see what gives this week. Is it the team that that fired their head coach, changed everything, or the team that didn't change a damn thing? And it's two te- two programs that really have mirrored each other for the last 30 years as well. So I, I think it's a kind of a fascinating matchup this week as we see what gives between these two. I saw you got into a little heat on Twitter with the Iowa fan base on Saturday night. What's new? <laughs> so Spencer Petrus, after the game, kind of... I want to say defensive. What's this here? I think Matt has the video and audio of Spencer Petrus, and we'll we'll get into this. Let's see what the quarterback had to say. You know, we talk all the time about not listening to the noise. You know that, that what matters is our preparation and continuing to work and to push things through. And, and I think it's just proof of it, right? You know, um, no offense to anyone in here, but you guys had us dead two two weeks ago. You know, we couldn't do anything right. Um, as did you know the whole, whole outside world. It felt like, and uh, but. It's not what football is. You know, football is a week-to-week game. You, you keep working, and, and if you do things right and work hard, then good results happen. Um, in the last two weeks, I think I've been proof of that. But obviously, you know, still three games left. You know, our, our, our mission is to continue to improve, continue to keep it rolling, and, and keep the momentum going. First of all, I want to really – everybody here is really happy for that individual. He's handled everything with class and, I mean, in a really hard situation – um, he's come out on the other end, which that is admirable. Mm-hmm. So congrats to Spencer no question Petrus on that. You said you didn't really like some of those quotes on Twitter and caught a lot of hell. I, I said I wasn't a fan of him okay. saying that. Yeah, there you go. And I'm still not a fan of him saying that. Now, I, I, I do. He wasn't saying it vindictively or anything. I mean, it wasn't really a clap back as as it might look in print. Things look different in print than they sound like when you actually watch Correct. the quote. And I was reacting to Chad Lystico, um tweeted out the, the the quote, part of the quote it, anyway. It did kind of the way Chad presented it. It seemed a little edgier. It seemed like print. a gotcha type thing. Like it's kind of how I kind of came across to it as well. And it, it came across mm-hmm. very different watching that video. Yeah, I mean, he's got a smile on his face. But at the same time, you know he thinks it. And that's that's my thing. I know that he thinks it, and I think that's great. I, I want them to use that as motivation, and I want them to think it. I just, I'm, I'm surprised, and I, I'm just not a huge fan of, I guess, saying that out loud when, you know, you've, you've won two games back-to-back, okay, against Northwestern and Purdue. This game, really good win. You were underdogs. Northwestern game, whatever. And, you know, Northwestern is bad. Um I wouldn't mind him saying that at all at the end of the regular season. If you rip off five straight wins, you get the eight wins and you're all of a sudden looking good and you prove that, boy, it was just a matter of time and you turn things around. My my thing is, is like there's still three games to go here. You still were you were the worst offense in the country the first half of the season. That that wasn't the media. Correct. <laughs> just. That wasn't the media just saying that you were and putting you down and saying you couldn't do anything right. You literally couldn't do anything right. I mean, that's a fact. 
And those losses still count. This isn't the NFL where you can lose four games early and turn things around and and get back to a point of even with everybody else and have a chance to contend for a championship. I mean, those four losses, I'm not even going to count the Ohio State one. The three losses, the other three, those hurt big time. And you can't make up for those. Going into the season, if you're an Iowa fan, I think you've got four games circled. Iowa State, Michigan, Ohio State, Wisconsin. The Wisconsin game isn't what we thought it would be. We were thinking this Wisconsin game probably for the Big Ten West Championship. That's not the case. Iowa needs a lot of help still. You lost to Iowa State. You lost to Michigan. You got embarrassed by Ohio State, which a lot of teams do. I get it. The damage has been done. There's still a chance to turn this season around and and make it a feel-good story by the end of things. And maybe you do get to eight wins. And maybe things are fine when all is said and done. There's still three games to go here. If you don't keep this going, you know that those fans that were out there booing Spencer Petrus, which <laughs> I don't condone the booing of, Repeatedly. of Spencer Petrus in particular, but you know that they are going to, they're going to see that quote and they're going to put that you know, in, in the bank. And if they start failing again, that is going to work against him a little bit later on. So I, I wasn't, reading that quote and go, God damn it, that son of a bitch, Spencer Petrus, who the hell does he think he is? No, I'm just not a fan of it because I'm, one, not used to Iowa players really saying things like that, and maybe that's part of the problem. Yeah, Kirk Ferentz yeah. has had such a tight lid on these guys for, for two decades. He's kind well, of they, opened it up a little they bit. They couldn't even be on Twitter like three years ago, right? Right. <laughs> and so... I, I, I just, it, it kind of surprised me a little bit, but I want him to have that attitude in practice. You know, I want him to have that attitude in games. Like, fuck the world, right? Maybe he has had that in practice, and that's what we've been hearing about. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I hope that this is, this thing is totally turned around and he ends up being quasi right in that. Football is a week-to-week thing. You do grow as the season goes on. But for me, the damage is kind of already done. It's nice to see them playing well. It's nice to see them potentially turning this season around. But this wasn't a fabrication, okay? This this was the worst offense in the country. And I think in any other program, there would have been major changes made. And he's lucky he's playing for Iowa. And they gave him a chance to turn things around. And I think the the main reason he's been able to do that is because that offensive line has started to look like an Iowa offensive line. And I think, obviously, when you look back on Petrus's struggles, the offensive line has a lot more blame than maybe we thought back at the time. There have been people beating that drum this whole time saying, this really isn't on Petrus that much. This is the offensive line. It's both... But I think we're seeing now it was more offensive line than anything. The the one thing, I'll, I'll just say it, I hope that I would think some Iowa fans thought this, is if they get to like 7-5 and five or even 8-4 and four or whatever, I mean, it all but eliminates any sort of dramatic offensive change in the offseason, though. You're right back here. I, I think so, too. I think, right? I think if they – I think even if they just get to 7 – yeah, I, maybe maybe depending on how that bowl just, game looks, then they can like dig in and be like, "Well, look, we turned yep. it around. 
we told you we turned this around. We were this that that offense. What you saw at the end of the season, that's that's what we saw in practice every week, and that's what we're going to see moving forward next season. And and that's why Spencer Petrus is coming back for his COVID year. And he's going to be the starter next season as well. I, you know, I don't know if that's actually going to happen. But I think it's, you're it's right. It's Padilla's time, damn it. Poor guy. I don't guy. know. I, 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 He'll it, never though? play I, for Iowa again. I was I was thinking, watching that game, that I don't think the offense is any better with, with Padilla. I mean, you give him more time. Maybe he sidesteps a few of those, st- uh, of those sacks. I won't lie. Like, and I haven't seen enough of him. I thought it was like I just watching like I feel like I've always when the offensive like, line was terrible. Yeah, I think it was too. Exactly. But because when they're playing well, it's he could play game. a little backyard football. Let's go, Brian. Let's play a little backyard football with Padilla. Yeah, watching Bryce Young and that play that he made on Saturday oh, night. I, I mean, all I could think about was that backyard football quote. But I don't know. Well, regardless, good win for Iowa. Good win for Iowa. Great win for you Iowa. You might have turned the season around. I'm not saying the season has turned around, and you've already done your damage. You're probably not even going to compete for a division championship because Illinois has to lose twice. But there's a chance to turn this into a pretty decent season, but you got to win out. And that's a tough task because uh, some tough games coming up still for Iowa. But um, they're right in like well, a segue to the Iowa State segment here now all of a sudden you're looking at two teams very much in bowl contention Iowa State beats West Virginia 31 to 14 is their first big 12 win of the year but very similar defensive domination is very similar to the Iowa game uh, dominate defensively. how often have we said that yeah they're, <laughs> they're just... very much mimicking one another this year Although Deckers can move and run a little bit. Well, and it's just like my the point I've been making the whole time is he's, you know, become quite turnover prone. I've been trying to point out like that he's still really young, like in terms of reps. And the offensive line and running game have been so bad. He's going to be a nice quarterback, but he's not ready to drop back and throw it 60 times <laughs> like he's been asked to do. He's not good enough. He doesn't see the field well enough. He doesn't see progressions. He's not there. He's not that type of a quarterback that they've been asking him to do. Well, and, I, and, and what quarterback can throw it 60 times and not have a couple big mistakes? Not many. And Iowa State goes out, averages five yards per carry, 175 rushing yards in the game. You see Cartivius Norton finally had that game that we all kind of thought was coming. And the offense wasn't great. I mean, they stalled out on a lot of drives early on. But to me, Chris, I started looking at Iowa State's schedule really hard last Thursday night. And I was noticing all these injuries with Oklahoma State. And I knew that they would be favored against Texas Tech. Well, it turns out Oklahoma State's just cratering right now because of these injuries. Iowa State is favored on the road in Stillwater next week, and they will be favored the next week in Texas Tech against Texas Tech. So, that. like, you know, what a what a change a week makes for Iowa State, where this is, you know, they could very easily go and lose next week. But man, hope is there to get to the postseason potentially. Mm-hmm. Totally turn this thing around, right? Um, what I loved about this game is while the offense kind of sputtered for three quarters, this this game 
could have gone either way. It was 10-7 going to the fourth. For three quarters there to start that game, you were a big turnover, a big special teams mistake, a big penalty away from giving this to West Virginia. And it didn't happen. Didn't turn it over. Didn't make a special teams gaffe. Only two penalties the entire game. They they took a step forward with this with this victory. And yeah, they they should have won. And I mm-hmm. had them winning by you double did. digits. You're all you're like the Iowa State um, clones Stradamus here these days. Well, a- ever since I gave up on that ten win season, a I've young been all young over lady my Iowa State picks. Young lady runs into me Friday night at a local establishment. She's a big two guys named Chris fan. Uh huh. Who isn't? And she's diehard clone. Like she diehard. And I get this a lot where people say about you and John Miller, and they're like, God, I wanted to hate those guys. I always hated them so much, and now I kind of like them. And they like blame <laughs> me for it. And she, this, this gal's philosophy is that you did the 10 and 2 thing just to do like a little devil's tweak on the cyclones that you're still you're still a clone devil but and you did that on purpose just to make iowa state lose just this one gal's opinion i've heard that from many iowa state fans when i (laughs) when i made that not 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 all and not a not a majority i don't think but i've heard that from a lot of iowa state fans no i really did they 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 swept the non-con they the won drive, at Iowa. The drive in Iowa City was very impressive. Like it, the Big 12 isn't a meat – well, it's a meat grinder, but the Big 12 isn't a great conference this year. Oklahoma is way down. Texas is getting better, but not the Vince Young Texas. We didn't know what TCU was going to be, but they haven't even played them yet. I, I thought that they did have a really good chance to win 10 games. And it, it, when you look at the l- games they lost – they're all one-score games. Yeah, they could have gone either way. I'm not saying that I wasn't wrong. I was wrong big time on that 10-win yeah. no. prediction. But I wasn't making it up. No. You know, I wasn't saying that. You were going to, off of what you had to seen. To be able to, yeah. And and at the same time, I get way more hate from the Iowa side than I do the Iowa State side. There's still some Iowa State fans that think I'm just, you know, out to get Iowa State and I was this Iowa girl was just kidding that. around, but I thought it was funny. <laughs> um, but they they finally they they finally didn't make the mistake on special teams, didn't turn the ball over, didn't commit penalties, and really they the, won. Hey, they won in the margins. They did win in the margins, and their defense was dominant. The really that game, what was it? What was leading to be a frustrating game because it scoreboard wise was really close for three quarters but it never felt close like if you just watch the teams Iowa State felt three scores better than West Virginia for the majority of that football game I like Tom Manning I think he was trying to open things up a little bit I really did hey, he ran, ran a reverse week, Brian Ferentz Tom Manning <laughs> but again like in, in, in defense in defense of both of those guys I was talking to my dad about this like when when you can't run the ball and your offensive line is subpar it's what plays can you call right and yeah. when that line starts for both of these teams to get a little bit of push man all of a sudden you're as a play caller you have a lot more options and we saw that with both both schools on Saturday how's that for analysis 
Yeah, it's great. I think Iowa State had, had to have it, then they got it, and now here I, we go. I Matt think, Campbell all season seemed to seem to seem to think they get that one win, and here we go. All we need to do is win that one game. So so here we go. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a prediction here on Monday, and this is I don't want to put too much on them because Brees Hall is maybe you know one of the best running backs in the history of not only Iowa State but the Big Twelve. Like he's but it took him about four or five games before he really started to shine for Iowa State. Did the same thing with David Montgomery. Cartevius Norton will have his big breakout game on Saturday at Oklahoma State. Bad rush defense, mm-hmm. beat up. Norton finally getting reps and gets into the end zone twice. He's going to go wild in Stillwater. That's my prediction right now. And then... Well, give me a little stat line. Give me, give me um, a taste of what it might look 150 like. 150 yards, two touchdowns. Okay. That would be a breakout game. I think it uh, – I'll go a little bit – 135 yards, two touchdowns. Dumb it down okay. just a little bit. But I think he's – listen, he was a guy – came in in the spring last year, Chris, and you start hearing – you can always tell when a guy's going to really – make an impact early. Like those guys always stand out. Now it doesn't mean that they're always going to be a, you know, potential like three time all conference type guy. But when a guy is going to play as a true freshman and make a big impact, they always stand out in my experience. And I started hearing about Norton in spring practice last year about this guy's different. Well, he goes out against SEMO has a couple of really nice carries early in that football game, and then he, he gets hurt, recovers from his ankle, then he pulls a hammy or whatever it was. It was So he's had two injuries this year. His first real time back is against Oklahoma. Well, Oklahoma had a bad rush defense going into that game, but I've watched Iowa State long enough to know that they tend to match up better against the West Virginias, Texas Techs, even Oklahoma State's of the world, because while they have good players, it's not like their lines aren't twice the size as Iowa State's, like Oklahoma's or Texas, and you're not going five-star against three-star. It's three-star against three-star, and let's see if we can out-scheme them, that type of a thing. And Campbell's done very well in those sorts of games. Norton was... I, I think that he's ready for that breakout. Now, he needs help, right? Like, their offensive line has to keep taking steps forward. There's no doubt about that. But this is a great opportunity. One of your notes on the show was what in the hell happened to Oklahoma State, and they're just depleted. Jeez. Depleted with injuries. is And so one of two things will happen on Saturday. <laughs> they're either done... Or they're going to like bounce back and have that we're still here type of moment and uh-huh. Iowa State's going to be on the receiving end. But well, I, I, was, I, I was really surprised to see that they were they were getting several points at Kansas. And that kind of opened my eyes like, whoa, well, what is going on here? Spencer Sanders hasn't been playing. Their defense is. Is he going to play this week? Uh, we'll, we'll find out. It's It's possible. I mean, if he plays, that makes it a lot tougher. I mean, they were talking um, about him as a potential Heisman candidate earlier this season. Well, he's been hurt. It's not, yeah. He, but they lost their defensive coordinator to Ohio State, and man, it just shows you what one mm. defensive mind can really do. It's so give Phil Parker and John Haycock raises. Just keep giving them raises. 
Just keep giving it to them. Yeah. Got to have those guys. But yeah, Iowa State's right in the driver's seat right now. They kind of control their own destiny to get to six wins. So I'll take it compared to where things were. Let's uh, give a shout out to our friends from Circa Sports Iowa and Circa Sports. We're heading to Vegas in December. Going to watch the Cyhawk men's and women's basketball games. Yeah, it's, a, it's about a month from today, right? Yeah, yeah, month from today. The From the largest sports book in the world. Can't wait for that. Download that Circus Sports Iowa app today. This is actually the time of year when you can take advantage of the books. Is non-conference college basketball. The lines. Ooh, hassle, yeah. They have yeah. no idea how to set lines with all the transfers right. and stuff. I mean, there's 360 teams. Yeah. This is, if and you're a if sharp you're, mind, this is the, this is the time for you, and I am yeah, not. Yeah, or if you you know if you know Drake, if you know Northern Iowa, if you know Iowa Iowa State and the the teams there, it's especially women's basketball. You, you can bet on women's basketball too. I mean, that's you can make some money. I know some guys that have that have been able to to do that in, in the non-con, and they swear by that. So check them out. Yeah. Let's go back to football. We will touch on basketball before we wrap this thing up. Bama loses to LSU. Man, what a game. What a game that was. One of the better games we've seen in a long time. I was watching that in Birmingham with a bunch of uh, Alabama fans. So I'm sure that went over well. You know, they, they weren't as upset as I thought they might be. I mean, they weren't throwing things or anything. I think they were just shocked. They really didn't think that they were going to lose this game. Doesn't it feel like with Brian Kelly feels different at LSU? I guess like when Orgeron, even less miles at the end, it just it didn't feel like anything they were doing was sustainable because he was so bad on the offensive end. Orgeron never really felt like that was a long-term win, even though they signed him to that stupid contract like – it always well, kind of won felt a national like, championship. I mean, that team was incredible yeah, a couple it, years but, ago with Burrow. But, but then they I, fell I off so saying. quickly. Yeah. You know, it, it feels like Brian Kelly's going to create a absolute monster for the next decade there. Then you've got Georgia. Tennessee is blossoming, even though they lost on Saturday. Ooh, they got it slapped. Just, it feels like the SEC's catching up to Bama just a little bit. We don't want to overreact to two losses, but I don't, it doesn't feel like it's Bama on everybody else anymore. I, I feel like there's been other times where we've thought, not from inside the SEC, but from a national perspective, we thought that Nick Saban had been caught. Remember when Urban Meyer was at Ohio State and they win the national championship back in 2014 or so? And we have all these people saying... Boy, I think Urban Meyer is going to be, he's going to overtake that claim for the best head coach in the country. Then Meyer kind of went, you know, not by the wayside, but took a step back a little bit. Ohio State hasn't won a title since then. Then it was Dabo. Dabo was the guy. Dabo, in fact, went against Alabama several times. A couple national championships. He's the guy. Nick Saban's still there. Now it's Kirby Smart. But the difference is, as you said, that's in the SEC. Other division, 
but now it's coming from within the SEC. Kirby Smart and Georgia win it last season. They continue to, I mean, they are the best recruiting team in the country over the last four years or so. And now this season, they're supposed to take a step back. Bama was on paper going into this season. It might be easy to forget. I mean, they were looked at as the perfect team. Yeah. Because you had the Heisman Trophy winner, Bryce Young, on one side. And you had the best player in college football, the likely number one overall pick, Will Anderson Jr., on the other side. They had it all. And now we're sitting here first week in November, and they're already out of the playoff hunt. I'm not going to say that that the dynasty's over. I'm not going to say that. Many people are. I've, I've heard that a lot this there. weekend. That this is it. This NIL has changed everything. Kirby Smart's changed everything. Alabama's not the big bad beast anymore. I think Alabama still is pretty damn good. And I'll expect Alabama to be in the college football playoff next season. Again. But... It is a little bit different when you have these major head coaches and teams coming for you in the same conference like Kirby Smart is doing now. Do you really think they're out of the playoff? It would take a lot. A lot for Alabama to get back in. Let's say TCU's 12-1. and Well, here's the problem. If Alabama's going to get in, that means it's got to be three teams more than likely from the SEC. Okay. Because Tennessee is going to be ahead of Alabama as long as they win out. They'll be 11-1. and one. Maybe they don't win out. Maybe Tennessee stumbles. Alabama wins out. You still have the Tennessee head-to-head win over Alabama, though. So if you're only going to take one of those two teams, and they're both sitting there at 10-2, and two, Tennessee would have the head-to-head win. And Alabama so- isn't going to be able to get to the conference championship game and have a chance to, to notch another huge win unless LSU loses twice. Clemson's out now, right? Like they can't. You, you would think, the, and the way they lost the game, yeah, yeah they got. I mean, they, they, they was pathetic. They didn't even put up a fight against Notre Dame. ACC is is not horrible, but it's not the SEC or the Big Ten. And this offense is bad. I think the way they lost the game, Chris, as you said, the, the way they lost the game. I think that's more of an eliminator than than just a loss. I kind of think that Dabo deserves a little more heat too. Like what I I get it and when he managed his quarterbacks the way he did against Syracuse and it worked. But then like what I hate is after that game Dabo's like, "No. He's still our DJ's still our guy. He's still our quarterback." Well, no he's not cuz you just benched him, right? Like don't and all week going into this game DJ's our guy. And I just I I I'm not surprised that that guy came out like a total head case the way that he had been jerked around like that. And it worked. Like, again, so Dabo, like, he makes that switch against Syracuse. Yeah, you, can pull, the, you can pull the rabbit out of the hat once, but twice <laughs> is is pretty tough. Yeah. So they're out. I don't know. I, I just TCU's I no... in if they went out, but they're like Clemson. Lose once well, and TCU keeps, they're done. They're, they were down in the fourth quarter again to Texas yeah. Tech. They're they, losing they in the fourth quarter. Fire. Every week, I really, I really don't think they're going to be there at the end. Do you? Well, no, and that's why, like, I'm just, I'm not going to bury Bama yet because I've seen this committee do this too many. Like, 
I mean, would they put three SEC teams in? I guess it wouldn't shock me if it, Clemson's out, if TCU would lose. Um, but you, know, see, you still have the two Big Ten teams. Somebody in the Pac-12 is going to finish with one loss, m- most likely. Because I think yeah, but there's three teams right now with one overall loss. This is the problem with this system. Because I just watching these games, Bama's better than any of those teams. Yeah. They'd be a 10-point favorite over any of those teams. So it's like with this four-team playoff deal and this stupid committee, Do we are we trying to find the best teams or are we trying to find like a national tournament here, right? Like the whole thing is just screwed up. Because if that's the case and it comes down to that and you want the four best teams, Bama's in there over UCLA. It's not UCLA. the four best teams. Yeah, I no. know that they say that sometimes, but it's not. It can't be. Because you also have to award teams – on merit like TCU goes 13 and 0 games have to matter I don't yeah I don't think that there's going to be people saying uh TCU is better than 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 Alabama but Alabama lost get some games TCU will have that you know in this scenario TCU would have won all those games so I think it's it's a little bit of both but I think I mean merit has to matter and it does matter moving forward when we expand things a little bit more, it's it's going to be you know merit you know your your conference champions, and then it's also going to be your best teams where you get the more at large you get more at large bids this season or you know moving forward when they put that in in whatever season that is whether it's twenty twenty five twenty twenty six it's coming, and I think that will make things more interesting. You're going to have on campus games. And you're going to have an Alabama team that can lose a couple games in the regular season and still have a chance to play for a championship. But I think that the Pac-12 is where it's at, right? Like whether it's Oregon or USC, I, I, can, I think yeah. I think one I, of those teams might win out and get into the playoff. I think Oregon's one of the more interesting playoff debates that we've seen in quite some time, considering how they just got destroyed by Georgia. And like that should mean something, but it was also so far ago with the new coach. Like, mm-hmm. you have to kind of give them a little bit of grace. And that I don't know. It's fast. We'll be. We'll see how they treat it. Right now, if it ended right now, it's looking like it's going to be Georgia, Tennessee. Even though they lost, if they went out, I think they'll get in. Ohio State and mm-hmm. Michigan. Right now, those are the four teams in the best spot. And TCU in. in a close fifth. So we could see multiple rematches there, Chris. I mean, we could see, which isn't good, I don't think, but what can you do? Might see Georgia-Tennessee again. Might see Ohio State-Michigan two more times. We need to make Ohio State-Michigan a playoff game, too. Let them play and then put them in the playoff together. It'd be incredible. That's what I'm saying. It might, ha- it might happen. It'd be amazing. Now I think great. what they, they would do, do is they would, they, they would they would switch it up. They would yeah. have Georgia play Michigan and Ohio State yeah. play Tennessee. Uh, I thought I thought Saturday was one of the crazier outcome college football weekends we've seen in a while. Michigan Fun. State beating Illinois the way that they did <laughs> was one of the oddest outcomes I can remember, and not the football thing, like the fact that Illinois would lose to like Michigan State has talent like we never doubted that 
It's not that shocking, just on a very pure football standpoint. Illinois, yeah, they, they beat Wisconsin. This is a team that had like, you know, four or five guys suspended and damn near arrest. Like, there's a police investigation <laughs> after what happened. Like, kudos to Mel Tucker on being able to get that locker room together because I. Uh, that was shocking to me. I just he earned he earned some of that hundred million. Man, and then no, it didn't end in but Ohio State getting pushed at Northwestern. Yeah, is a thirty-eight point, and the wind Weird. definitely played a huge factor in a lot of those Midwestern games. Mm-hmm. Like I think that Maryland, Wisconsin, and then Iowa Purdue, it all it played a factor in all those. You know, taking credit away from the teams, Iowa was thrown into the wind just fine. So it wasn't. Like, but like, I think Maryland was out of its game a little bit early on in that one because it couldn't throw it all over the field. Mm-hmm. But Ohio State pushing Northwestern and getting pushed by Northwestern in any scenario <laughs> was shocking to me. They were, it was, it was a seven point game point in the favorite. fourth quarter. I mean, that's Iowa's last two opponents. We just watched these teams against Iowa. <laughs> it was a seven point game in the fourth quarter. Incredible. Yeah, and it, it the win had a lot to do with it, and it will we'll be interesting to see this week how the the playoff committee looks at that. I think that um, George is definitely going to jump Ohio State in the rankings as they should. I mean they they handled Tennessee a lot better than Ohio State handled Northwestern. <laughs> I don't think it's anything to read into. No, I don't. Moving forward, I just think it was just a you know you're a 38 point favorite. It's Northwestern. It's a miserable place to play. It's a miserable team to play. And they just didn't. They just didn't show up. And Northwestern did. It was a brutal day too. The, I mean, I, I camped at Trice, and it turned into a nice day. But about nine o'clock, if you walked outside of the camper, I mean, it was a thirty mile per hour wind, cold rain in your face. It was brutal, and I just started pounding unders on the Circa app. And had oh, a pretty good say. I just I just started pounding bush lights. I <laughs> no, I just it. John Miller sent me a great text um, on Friday. It was just pouring down rain and like thirty mile per hour wind, and he's driving to the Kansas border to just place under bets because he's he technically <laughs> lives in Missouri and he can't bet, so he drives to the border. Hits the location thing and then places his bets. It was it was pretty did, funny. Did most of those unders come through? Yeah, it was a great weekend. I, I last weekend was probably the worst college football betting weekend of my life. This Saturday was probably the best. So it shows you that I know nothing, and it's basically a freaking coin flip. It all evens out. But I had a great weekend. Yeah, these oh, unders were these unders were money. I hope you didn't take the under in my game. I did not. I actually had UTSA. UTSA was one of my locks of the week, so that they came through for me. <laughs> Barely. I like to zero in on these like certain teams and follow them. And UTSA and Tulane are the two that I've made a ton of money mm-hmm. on the last two years. Like they just they always come through for you. Those two teams, they are covering machines. There's something to be said too it, when you when you see a spread that's close like that UTSA UAB game last week was a virtual pick 'em, but UAB. Hasn't been able to win close games, oh. and UTSA wins the close games. So I mean, that's right there. That's if you know that, and it's supposed to be close, it give a pretty good idea who's going to end out on top if it is a close game. Looking forward to Iowa State being on the road this weekend because I'm gonna I'm gonna go to Fairway. 
oh. on Friday. And I, I'm going to get the biggest slab of pork ribs. Uh-huh. And a lot of people, like, they, the barbecue guys will tell you to trim the fat. Right? and Because you want the meat, not me. You want like, that fat? I like chewing on the fat, baby. Really? Yeah, I love the fat. My grandpa so was like that. My grandpa Bob. I, would, I had a grandpa you know, Bob. My grandpa I'd, was Bob. I'd, uh, he, you know, we'd, we'd make New York strips, and I'd cut that. When I was a kid, I would cut that strip of fat off. That was the first thing I did. And you know, give it to old grandpa Bob. He'll eat it. When the fat gets a little bit like charred from the grill. Oh. It's a good taste. It's so good. It's a good taste. Love the fat. That's what I'm doing this weekend. Just uh, you're who just do you have on some fairway meat fat? Whoa! Look at that fairway hat. Yeah, where the hell did did you steal my meat box? No, I didn't get a meat box. Either, my dad but... is really concerned. You now, get the a first meat comment box. I got from this Twitter post on my fairway hat was, "Where's that meat box?" See, I got my fairway hat too. Nice. Yeah, I saw um, somebody. Somebody was wondering in the comments, like, "Where can I buy this fairway gear?" It's, it's nice. It's a really. I love me a trucker hat too. So oh yeah, I, yeah. You look good. That, you look right at home in that uh, that trucker hat. Um, who do you have this week before we move to? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, going to Birmingham, baby. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm going again. This is the the sixth UAB game I have. They're hosting North Texas, and North Texas oh. can. I believe North Texas can clinch a spot in the Conference USA Championship game. With so we're going to get a rematch of North Texas and we should UTSA. Yes. Yep. Looking forward to that. I love Conference yeah. USA. You've you've got me hooked on it. Like I, I legit like I'm obsessed with it. It's like it's like it's, my favorite it's conference fun. now. It's a blast. It's been a lot of fun this season. I got a couple more games and uh, the other one was is FAU Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky is another really fun team to watch. I think their quarterback Austin Reed threw for like 400 yards in the first half last week. Man. The uh, hoop season for the Iowa State women actually starts at 11 o'clock this morning. They have that kids game. Oh, oh what a one shiny moment. Well done, Maddie Van Winkle. Have you ever Jeez. called a kids game? Have I when called all, a kids game? Yeah. What do you mean? So, like, the Iowa State women, they always tip off oh, their when the kids when the kids are in attendance? There's, like, 10,000 kids from schools all around. I have not called around. one, but I've covered them. Uh, I used to cover, you know, they'd have that for, like, the Iowa Energy Games when I was in Des Moines. And, it's very uh, distracting. The, the sound is, yes. <laughs> the... the, the <laughs> And it's just it's just random all throughout the game. Yeah, and they it's don't almost, really pay attention to the game. They don't really no, know. You get you get louder cheers like when nothing is happening because something yeah. is going on in the stands. Like somebody's injured on the ground <laughs> and these kids are cheering, <laughs> screaming. So that that's the Iowa State women. The Iowa State men play IUPUI. Ooey pooey, ooey pooey. Uh, Iowa gets Bethune Cookman. Uh, Northern Iowa tips off tonight. They play Wartburg. Wartburg. Yeah. Jeez. These non cons can be. A, you got to be a real sicko to to get into these. I do. I love them because I view these hassles like now with 
I mean, Iowa State every year. Iowa's been a little bit different because you guys haven't had like seven newcomers every year for the last 10 years like Iowa State does. Mm -hmm. But you really – it's like watching practice. And you're watching them like on a game-to-game, watching the rotation change. You're watching them develop. When you have camaraderie from year to year like Iowa has tended to have, it's less of that. Mm -hmm. But I just – I think it presents – like, I mean, you're watching an Iowa State game tonight. It's a brand-new team from the one that went to the Sweet 16 a year ago. I mean, a couple of similar faces, but it's Have totally Have you seen new. the line? Have you seen the line? 29. The yeah. Iowa State minus 29. Iowa's nice. 26, I think is what I saw. I Don't even really, ask me for gambling advice. I have no it's idea. Re- <laughs> it's, this time of year has always been really hard for me because I'm just so in football mode. It's it's the beginning of the biggest month of the season in football, November. And then these basketball games come shooting in. And especially now with a team like Iowa State that has all these new guys. Like I I have no idea who these guys are right now. Yeah. For Iowa State. And, you know, we fast forward two months, it's it's all we're gonna be talking about is these basketball teams. So I I'm a sicko. People I'm glad that you're going to be up on it because yeah, uh, I'm still going to course. be mostly in football mode until you know I start. I start calling college basketball games usually in December, but I usually don't call any in November because I'm still calling football games. I'm calling the Iowa State Phil Knight Invitational, so that'll be pretty sweet. They get Villanova. That? It's that tournament out in Oregon. The men or the women? I'm calling the men. Uh, the women on, will be on out the radio? there too. Yes. Um, they they play Villanova in that one. They could play North Carolina. That, that wow. the field is completely stacked. So I'm that's looking great. forward to that. So I assume that's because the football season's still going. Walters has to call the football yeah. games. Yeah, I'm kind of the B team. I'm the, the bullpen. <laughs> are you that's, the are you the voice of the cycle? Wait, how are you and Bloom going to figure this out? Like the voice of the cyclones in waiting. Oh, that's Bloom's. That's, that's I'm what not I thought. Step so why Bloom's are you test. calling that game? Well, because Bloom is the collective guy. He's the guy paying the players. He can't call games. <laughs> Seriously, he can't have anything to do with it. He's the he's the bag man. And there goes Smith up for the jam. Hey, Smith with the dunk. And by the way, you can donate to his collective at uh, <laughs> Venmo account. Uh, for for real though, on that collective thing, that's why I think Bama could be slipping a little bit too. They're not a bunch of Bama has a ton of fans, but like they're not exactly rich, from what I understand. Compared to like LSU fans and Auburn fans, and Bama isn't exactly like its alumni base isn't exactly rich. So how does Iowa State alumni base compare to Iowa's? Iowa's is richer, right? Yeah, way way more rich. Yeah. Iowa State's a bunch of guys like me. We got veterinarians and engineers. You have doctors and lawyers. So how does Bloom get money from these guys? You're going to have to talk to him. I'm not going to speak for Bloom. (laughs) Okay? I don't – it's not my deal. I just – I know that, like, that's a thing with the Bama deal that a lot of smart people are saying is that they just – even, like, compared to Nebraska, Nebraska's got more NIL Mm -hmm. potential because they're – they're nuts. They're nuts I, and they're I loaded. hate that it's become this. God. Oh, I'm telling you, man, the next the next six weeks are gonna be the it is open field free agency. It's You're talking already about football. begun. 
Yeah. Right? It has already begun. These guys are getting offers already. Like it is they gotta get something in place. There just has to be rules. I don't care what it is. There's gotta be some rules in place. I pay the guys. I want them to get paid. I've been saying that for ten years. But it's for guys like us who genuinely just love the sports and the games and stuff, it does it is gonna take away from it to some degree. We'll still watch. But so I always tell people, if you like watching players develop and you that's a fun part for you, watch women's basketball. And you've got two great teams in the state of Iowa now. We have two top ten teams in our state in women's. That's insane. With our population base, we have two players that will be on the Naismith final list and Caitlin Clark and Ashley Jones. Uh, why why don't you think it will infiltrate the women's basketball game Cause like just it has not as money's game. not as prevalent I get like, that it's not as prevalent not nearly yeah. as but there's still money out there I mean you no, still it's have, still a thing like it, it's absolutely still a thing but it's not you're not gonna have people making I mean I know I, I have a pretty good idea what Tyrese Hunter got to go play at Texas and like mm-hmm. that that money won't exist in the women's game. The women, I, I get that. Sure, I like still think you are going to have some some women's players from the smaller schools going to a place. Absolutely, that, but the the good thing that Iowa and Iowa State have is that they have as good a fan support for the women's game as anybody does. Correct, and I would make the argument too that women's basketball is still much more. There's a real student athlete feel. I mean, I traveled with the Iowa State women for long enough. Like when you, when you land in a city and then they have study table for the next two hours, right? When you land, right? Like they are. That's not happening with the men's team when you fly out with them to the uh, the old tournament. I'm sure they're doing that stuff, but it's not nearly like when you are a women's player, you generally are expecting to get a degree. And you're not going to play basketball the rest of your life. I don't think I've ever met a D1 men's basketball player that doesn't think he's going to end up in the NBA. It's so true. And I cover Conference USA week in and week out. Guys you've never heard of, they think that they're going to the NBA. All of them do. Yeah. Because that, they all, all of them have at least somebody in their lives that's telling them that they can get there. AAU is given really, a chance, they'll get there. AAU is what is... And this isn't new. Like, this is 15, 20. I mean, when I started with Scout in 2004, this was a thing. Mm-hmm. But it's it's just a very, very... Is that back game. when you were working with Dace and Narcisse? <laughs> yes. That is. I'll never forget the first team meeting with John Narcisse leading the way. <laughs> and I, keep in mind... The only job I had ever had in media leading up to this was the sports club writer for the Iowa State Daily. I was writing about like the boxing club and the unicycle club. And then all of a sudden I'm sitting there with Dace and Narcisse two weeks later. Jeez, what was it like? What did he how did he lead the meeting? Narcisse is very God rest his soul. Um He's a very intimidating fellow. Kind of is he like, really? Yeah, yeah. We'll get into it some other. Time I didn't know he was intimidating. You remember that hot uh, air he, balloon accident? He John got Narcissus. Into? One. This is when I decided I needed to quit because it was it was honestly like kind of like bullying. He he worked like 
really weird hours and stuff. And if he would need something from me, he was putting together like a one of our last magazines uh, that I ever contributed to. And he called me at like four o'clock in the morning <laughs> and was like yelling at me because he needed some like photo. And like he was like verbally like coming at me at like three, four in the morning. I'm a college student, like, oh and I was just God. like, I can't handle this. He like played just like mental, like. Well, that's know. like when you when Brock fills in for for Van Wink on the show, and you you call him up in the morning and berate him for. Yeah, yeah listen, you asshole. <laughs> but do you remember the hot air balloon accident Narcissus got into? Yeah, it was on like he was getting married. Was it? Was it that that he was getting married in that on... hot air balloon and it Where... crashed? <laughs> Everybody was okay in the crash. It was on like the Today Show or something. Yeah. Like it, was that the thing that they would do on KXNO where like Travis Justice would go out it, into the iCubs parking lot and he would like, he would marry you in a hot air balloon basket in the parking lot? <laughs> yeah, we glad to be it. Is There's it? John in the back. <laughs> yeah. <and> the, <laughs> it's going down. Oh, no. my, oh my God. <laughs> Uh, Jesus. Everybody's okay. Yeah, they all from, are fine. From the hot air balloon, right? The accident. We're not making fun of injured people. No, they're fine. Real quick, make fun of me real quick, because I, I see Matt has the video up. As we uh, go out for... I, I went one-on-one with Oshun, Oshuni on oh, yeah. Saturday. Yeah, I covered his St. Bonaventure. Yeah, I went right. one-on-one with him. He's one of the all-time leaders in shot blocks. Oh, get it out. I thought my mindset there, Chris, is that I could, you know, he's a skinny was guy. Was there a hoop there? Yeah. Where, where was the hoop? This was at a tailgate at Iowa State on Saturday. It looks like you're just shooting into a cornfield. Well, that's cold water golf links in the background. That's at the RV lot. Well, but I really did think a uh, guy brought it. Steve a guy brought, brought a basketball hoop? Yeah, for the tailgate. We do it right in Ames, man. Like, we don't Jeez. mess around. So I thought that I could back Oshun in because I'm, you know, I'm a. I'm a I'm a girthy man, and I thought that I could outmuscle him a little bit, and it didn't work out to my advantage. Oshun told us that when he stands and puts his arms in the air, flat-footed, he's at nine foot two. the The hoop is at ten feet. How crazy is that? Jeez, he's halfway up the net without moving, without jumping. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, he's I on. I forgot they got Oshuni. Oh, and then this is Emily Ryan. I went one on one with her. This is uh, top five point guard in women's college basketball, and I, you know, I wanted to see if I could, if I had the handles to drive past her. And unfortunately, she was just toying with me. Look at this. What? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> oh my god! You poor bastard. I was, you really didn't have much room to work with, though, with that no. uh, that bench right behind you. you you're kind of boxing. Look at her. She's nonchalant. Like, she's not even in, like, position. She's just toying with me. But, Chris, this is like this is like the no-no that, you know, against the press that they tell you. To, you, you, you dribbled right into the corner. You, you were totally <laughs> boxed in. She was guarding you, oh. and you had the grass on one side and a bench on the other. You yeah, had no chance. It's not my fault. I agree. You were you. at a... A strategic disadvantage from the get-go. I'm sorry. I want I want a redo for you. Thank you. It's the nicest thing you've ever said for me. 
Now I think it'll go the same way. But. I have, like, my anxiety is, like, peaking now because I saw that picture of Narcissus and you just talked me off the ledge, so thank you. That's good. <laughs> All right, uh, thanks for watching. Uh, thanks for listening. We appreciate the hell out of you guys. This is fun. Matt Van Winkle, great job, buddy. Always good to have you back. And we'll be back on Thursday. Two guys named Chris. Later. Iowa everywhere.